This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So I am so excited to bring you today's episode with Jenna. Before we jump into the interview, I wanted to remind you all that the Metabolism and Macros Makeover is kicking off this Sunday, the 24th. So you've got a little bit of time to be able to register. Now, this group training program is honestly incredible myself, Jana, Vanessa, we've worked super hard at putting something together that is really going to be educational and beneficial for all of you, regardless of what your goals are, muscle growth, fat loss, you want to figure out how to reverse diet, you're going to be able to do this in this group coaching program. We have meal plans, workouts, home and gym workouts. We have educational seminars that we are running once per week. We have Facebook live Q&As. There is so much in there um, and so much value. So in the episode notes here, I have popped in a little discount code that you can use for the group coaching program. Now, if you have any questions about it, please just feel free to reach out to myself, send me a DM, send me an email or even hit up Vanessa or Coach Jana on Instagram. They will be more than happy to answer your questions. Now, we are just about ready to jump into this week's episode. However, I just want to give a trigger warning. We do discuss eating disorders. If that's not something you want to hear about today, I would suggest just maybe giving this episode a miss. All right, let's get stuck into it. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's episode, I am super excited to say I have the lovely Jenna in with me. Hi, Jenna. How are you? Hello. I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. I can't wait to introduce you to all of our listeners. Um, So first of all, I guess, do you want to introduce yourself? So who are you? What are you into? What do you do? All of that. Oh, for sure. Well, hello. I'm Jenna with the pink. Um, pink is my favorite color. And if you cannot see me right now, I have bright pink hair. Um. <laughs> in honor of you, Jenna. In honor of you, I actually put this on just before we started. Recording. I like that. Oh well, thank you, thank you. I love and have you got have you got a lipstick on, or your lips just naturally sort of? No, oh, I, put have lip, I put lip, pink lipstick on as well, just to match. Yay! My, in celebration oh. of. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Let's, I think everyone needs a bit more pink in their life because I don't know what it is, but just when I wake up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I see that I've got bright pink hair, it just makes me happy. Oh, it looks it makes me so happy. It looks incredible on you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, pink is my thing, but what's also my thing is empowering women and helping women and girls grow confidence so um I'm a TikToker primarily but I would say like I'm a content creator um and I specialize I guess in making content focused around helping women to be the best versions of themselves and getting rid of stigmas and stuff like that obviously do lots of fun random things as well but I guess the underlying message I'm really going for is 
I hate to see that there's so many women and young girls these days that maybe don't have the right role models to look up to or are struggling with confidence. Um, and I want to help them. So I guess, I guess that, that's my, that's my, why do I do what I do? <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I guess like there's, we're usually always driven when we do have some kind of a mission we feel in life that we want to accomplish. Yeah. I believe usually it comes from, you know, experience. Like when we have been through something, we've come out the other end, being able to share that with others and know that you can make a difference and help them is almost the driver. So I would love to go back a bit and find out a bit about your history. So do you want to tell us what was Jenna like as a kid, you know, what your upbringing was like, family life, all of that? Um, cool. Yeah, I was born in, in the UK. I was born in England and um, I moved with my family to Australia when I was 12. Um, I'm 24 now, so I've been here half my life. And I am an Australian citizen. And to be honest, most of the time I forget that I'm English. Like, I feel like my accent is mostly gone. It occasionally comes out, but I just forget that I'm English, but I spent my childhood there. Um, it was, yeah, complicated. There was lots going on sort of behind the scenes um, that sort of led to my parents getting divorced when about a year after I moved to Australia. Actually, then a couple of later, years later, my dad actually died. Um, he had a heart attack and he died in his sleep. Um, and uh, this is getting real deep real quick, but, um, I was the, the one, like my brother and I found him, um, and I tried to revive him and it didn't go very well. Um, (laughs) so yeah, he passed away when I was 15. Um, so I feel like honestly for pretty much until maybe a year ish ago, I've just been really like finding myself just Mm. after having some traumatic sort of events happen just really like finding what's my purpose yeah um I did like I, after all that stuff happened like I just knew I didn't want to live an average life like I knew that I needed to do something meaningful um and granted my mum would love it if I had a normal job but I feel so grateful for for the work I do now because I do feel like I live my life to the fullest mm. um and I live it in in the way that you know my dad couldn't and that many people that we love can't that pass away. So yeah, um, thanks for sharing that. I couldn't imagine yeah. how uh, traumatic that would have been. Um, and it's a real testament to you that you've been able to use that such a horrible situation, and I guess um, put a positive spin on it. In that now you are, you know, you really value life, I suppose, and being able to give back, and because um, life is so precious. And our health is like, you know, when you don't have your health, you have nothing. And sometimes we take that for granted. Like I would say the majority of us take it for granted until something. Oh, I think you do. Till something, yeah. you know, we get sick or a family member gets sick and it kind of puts everything into perspective. And, um, you know, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And that's uh, that definitely kind of goes with your health and, um, you know, your longevity and things like that. So I guess like you know, you've really channeled a lot of your energy down the avenue of really helping women and girls feel good about themselves. And um, I assume your, you know, your main purpose is for girls, which is very similar to me, is 
letting women know that we don't, we're not all the same, right? And you don't need, we don't need to all look the same. You need to focus on being the best version of you, making the best of who you are, what you've got and the life that you have at the moment. So, you know, what was the purpose behind, I guess, your drive to do that? Well, I I had a quite successful modelling career when I was, um, I, well, I was scouted at Marion Shopping Centre when I was 16 um, by a modelling agent and she approached me and said, oh, come, come work for my agency. She sort of promised me the world um, and I was very young and very naive and I went along with it and she, um, this... <laughs> This lady actually, unfortunately, still runs a modelling agency in Adelaide and I know she still manipulates lots of girls. Um, But I I had a really um, complicated time working for this modelling agency for this woman. Um, I started to develop an eating disorder. Um, There was such like a competitive environment that she would put us under. She would constantly compare all the models to each other. She would have favourites, all that sort of stuff. Um, I remember one specific time I was doing a, a, a runway show. I used to do a lot of bridal modeling um, and I, I would model like the most insane wedding dresses, like like tens of thousands of dollars worth of dress um, on these massive runways. And I remember I was doing this one runway show and midway through the show, my modeling agent grabs me as I'm, as I'm about to walk on stage and says, you've got back fat and pulls me out of the show. Yep. Um, she constantly made me feel terrible about my body and, like, there was always something wrong with it. Um, I entered Miss Universe sort of because she really, look, I I was interested in it, but there was a big emphasis on if you're with this modelling agency, we're all entering Miss Universe. Like, we're all doing this. So even though I wasn't, like, like, I'm I'm not a pageant girl. Like, I'm, like, outspoken and... Um, not, not that pageant girls aren't outspoken, but I don't feel like I fit that mold. Yeah. Um, but I tried to, I really tried to, because I felt like I had no purpose in life. And I felt like this, um, this modeling agent was giving me a purpose and, and promising me if I did these things, I'd have success. So I did, um, I was a finalist for Miss, Miss Universe, but I obviously didn't win. Um, but it, it was a terrible, like terrible time for me. I was anorexic for goodness sake I'd lost like 10 kilos in in like a month or something like that because I just stopped eating and if I would like felt like I was going to pass out I'd make myself like a green smoothie and like count the freaking like spinach leaves into the blender because I was like so like self-conscious oh I don't want to put one extra spinach leaf in um I was sort of able to to drag myself out of that time with some sort of support with some friends and family too. Um, I continued to model a bit after I left that modelling agency and I did actually go on to win um, Australian Supermodel of the Year um, in 2017, maybe 2018. Um, but I was Australian Supermodel of the, of the Year curve, so I was now classified as a plus-size model in the industry. Um, which a plus size model, according to the modeling industry, is anyone a size 10 and above. Um, so, yeah. For our, and for our international yeah. listeners, because we do have a lot that are based um, in the US and the UK. So, that would be equivalent. Well, actually, you're from the UK. So, you at yeah. Australian 10 would be what in the UK? I, 
I think we're the same as the UK, but I think the US, it would be like a size four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I yeah. would say probably actually on the smaller side of an average woman. Yeah, definitely on the smaller side of an average woman. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that was what I was in the modeling industry and I worked for the top, not, not to begin with, but then after I won Australian Supermodel of the Year, I was signed by the top modeling agency in Adelaide um, as a plus size model. Um, and I know that that's how they still operate. I know that for a fact. Um, it's very sad. very sad. It is very sad because, you know, this is the frustrating thing and, and I'm sure that you see it is that we are trying to preach a certain message to women. Um, And the majority of women are going to sit between, look, anywhere from, we range, right? We range from size eight through to size whatever, right? Plus we might be a size eight when we're 18 and then be a size 12 when we're 25. Like, Absolutely. Actually, that's a really great point. Um, so I work with a lot of young women yeah. that are transitioning from their late teens into their early 20s. And I actually remember this happening with me as well, finishing my last year of high school. And I put on maybe about seven kilos and I felt super uncomfortable in my body. But what was actually happening was my body was changing, right? From becoming a woman. Yeah, that's right. And it just happens, right? So we increase the amount of body fat that we hold and that's normal because we need that in order to... The same way that men go through a massive puberty transformation and that all of a sudden they're like six foot three. Yeah. That's what our bodies are meant to do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, and that's the issue, I suppose, with you, like being at that vulnerable age where you're already so self-conscious and it's yeah. comments like that, that, you know, maybe the person that said it to you didn't think twice about it, but you've remembered that comment, right? And you'll remember oh. that probably for the rest of your life. You'll yeah. be, you know, you'll think about the back rolls comment, which is just so horrible. And I can think about comments that have been made about myself as well that I never even thought about, like, um, you know, someone had pointed something out about a feature of mine in a negative light and I had never even noticed it prior. And then from that moment onwards, you go, oh, okay. Like that's a part of me that that is obviously not perfect. It doesn't look good. People are noticing it. And then you feel like you need to change that. Um, and growing up as a, as a, as a girl, like I know guys have got it harder now, but I still believe the pressure on women is just unbelievable when it comes to our appearance and and now even more so with social media right I totally agree yeah I think there's so much pressure on um on everyone not 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 just young women all women as especially like and this isn't something I've touched on too much but there's a real pressure on women's age which isn't really very nice and because of the sort of rise of and I'm not against cosmetic surgery or Botox or fillers or whatever you want to get, but because of the rise of those types of things, I feel like it's put even more pressure on women's age and, mm-hmm. and to not look too old, to not have grey hair, to not have wrinkles. I just feel like it never freaking stops for us, honestly. You're so <laughs> it's so funny you say that. So I turned 30 this year, right? And yeah. I've never thought twice about my age, really. I've always just considered myself young. 
And turning 30 was really interesting because I realized that I'm now heading outside of my quote unquote prime, right? Mm -hmm. Young woman, when it comes to looking looks and active, right? Because like it's, you know, youth is worshipped, I suppose. Like that's that's what we all want to achieve as you get older is that youthful look. And really age and what comes along with age is something that, we want to hide and that's why I guess you know I'm not against filler or Botox either at all but it does in some instance send a message that we are trying to change kind of it's as a female as you get older and um, you use you lose your youth I guess you can feel like you're becoming less relevant, right? And you become and your value, you're not valued as much as you were when you were younger. And, you know, for myself, it's, and this has affected me, like, I'm not going to lie. I have to remind myself that I'm so much more than what I look like. And there's Uh so much more that I have to give. And I don't need to believe those messages that are being sent to me. But it's really difficult when those messages are really loud. And they, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, um, again, no disrespect to any women who do what they want to do, but women who like, like when I was modeling, for instance, I was trying to build a career solely off of the way I looked. That puts a hell of a lot of pressure on you, a hell of a lot of pressure. And regardless of the fact, like, I know there's, there's lots of very successful models these days that are making very, very good money, but that doesn't last forever. And, and you're putting that much pressure and that much emphasis on your looks when imagine if you put all that emphasis, all that pressure onto something like, um, like, like I have like content creation or, or, um, like starting your own business or something like that, something that's really long-term sustainable that is going to bring you so much more happiness than just this sort of artificial, just for now sort of thing. Mm. Um, I, I, that's part of my mission is, is, and I'm sure you're exactly the same is to show girls that we are worth so much more than the way we look so much more. And that's just a part of us. I love that. That's so good. Do you know what I think has been the game changer for me is when you when you find out what your calling is and what your purpose is in life and giving back that is that number one is true beauty and you're living out your purpose and you're being so true to yourself and I think when you can focus on that so your actions and how you can make a positive impact on someone else it's almost like the focus on your exterior doesn't become not as important. So important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I do. So with um, and I know that you work you run workshops, yeah, like self-confidence workshops with young girls. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, I'm thinking about myself, 15-year-old Tash. Um, I thought my full value was on my exterior and what I looked like. I didn't have any confidence in who I was as a person or my, you know, my personality or my qualities or what I was really good at. And I'm sure that you find that you come across young women like that all the time. And so I guess what strategies do you like to teach young women about how they can start to value more than just their appearance um, and begin to really love who they are as a person? 
I think what, one thing I really love to do is to make it exciting to get to know yourself. Because I think like we, we almost like, not all of us, but some of us almost don't like just being by ourselves. Like we almost feel like we need to be with other people. We need to be socializing to be having fun. But I put a real emphasis on my workshops of like self-discovery and also self-expression as well. Um, the things that have got me through my like darkest times have been singing and music. Um, so I do lots of talent shows um, where I get the girls to sort of get out of their comfort zone, try something new. Maybe you're not a singer, but come on the talent show and sing a song. Maybe you're not a dancer, but do a dance. Um, I've had girls that have come on and done like stand-up comedy. Um, they share like tips. I've had a girl that's a makeup artist that she's like 14 and she's like a makeup artist. She's amazing. Um, and she like comes and shares makeup tips. So I think it's just like I put a real big emphasis on self-discovery and what can we find that you're really passionate about that isn't about the way you look you know yeah taking the focus off of the way that you look right yeah putting it on something else yeah I think that's really important but very difficult nowadays because especially with young women like and social media it's just in your face and I'm sure that you would back the idea of just doing a cull on your social media and being really mindful about what you're exposing yourself to. So to a degree, right, we we can't hide away from the messages that are sent to us about the way that we should look and whether we need to fit into, you know, looking like a certain body shape or look a certain way. However, we can, there are things in our control. And we can show who we follow on social media and who we listen to, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and there's, um, there's many, many uh, good good sources of, of information like you and like myself that you can log on to your social media and just feel inspired and empowered instead of logging on and feeling a bit crap about yourself. Yeah. You don't have to. You are in control of that. Yeah. And um, I think we often will become what we surround ourselves with. So if you surround yourselves with, you know, every time I log onto my phone, I've got you, you Tash telling me, you know, something inspiring about my health or something like that. And then I've got me coming on talking about periods, like, like that's what I begin to surround myself with. So that's what I begin to become. Yeah. But if I'm constantly surrounding myself with Photoshopped images of unrealistic models and um, consuming content that, that maybe isn't actually positive for me, that's what I become. I become uh, insecure. And, and if you feed that insecurity, it's going to become stronger. But um, I think what's, what lots of people don't realise, and to be honest, what took me a long time to realise is that you actually do control your brain. Like all those thoughts that hop into your brain, as frustrating as it can be, trying to get them to shut up sometimes, if you keep telling them to shut up and you keep trying, to control them eventually it gets easier and you can actually control your mind like that I love that yeah it's becoming aware of your thoughts hey like sometimes uh, we think things well a lot of the time we just think things and we just accept them and yeah. we're actually not aware that we're thinking those things you know if you look in the mirror and there's certain parts of your body that you don't like that's ingrained in your brain you know I don't like my legs so every time you look at yourself in the mirror or you put on a pair of jeans I don't like my legs and what it's about is reprogramming your brain, right? And like not just going, oh, I, you know, 
I'm not going to think about my legs, but you need to replace that negative thought with a positive thought. Yeah, absolutely. That feels so uncomfortable. I'm sure you understand. Like it feels so uncomfortable, especially when you don't feel like that. But you tell yourself, just like you have convinced yourself that you don't like your legs, you can convince yourself that you do. But that takes self-discipline, repetition, and just committing to to the process and telling yourself, hey, no, I'm going to learn to love my legs. I'm going to learn to love my legs waking up every morning, regardless of if you feel it or not, telling yourself that. And you become yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. talk is so powerful. Like the ability we have to literally look ourselves in the eye and say, I love you. That's powerful. And not enough of us do it. And it's also really easy to do. Really yeah. easy. Yeah. If you're listening right now, go do it. Seriously. Go do it. As soon as you finish this episode, that's my challenge for you. <laughs> have you um have you heard of Mel Robbins? She wrote um the book The Five Second Rule. Uh, is that um Tony Robbins' wife? I I don't actually think so. I don't. oh okay maybe not maybe not I'm thinking of someone else only because I thought the same thing I could be wrong but I think I I googled her and she's someone different like just has okay. has the last same last name. I feel like maybe I've seen her but I thought it was Tony Robbins' wife so it, I've either seen I've either seen her content or I've maybe seen Tony Robbins' actual wife's content. Either or, look, she could. Either way. As far as I'm aware, she could be Tony Robbins' wife. Who knows? Possibly. Tell me about her. Tell me about her. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast that she was on the other day and she spoke about how she's got this challenge, which is the high five rule. And all about um, the science behind high-fiving yourself in the mirror and what that actually does to your brain. So waking up every morning and high-fiving yourself. And And then attaching that action to a positive thought. So the idea is, is that as you high five yourself, you're backing yourself. And now, yep, every morning you do that and you're setting yourself up for the mindset that you're going to go into the day backing yourself and feeling good about yourself. A lot of us will wake up in the morning, first thing we do is scroll social media. You already start comparing yourself to other people and you feel absolutely crap. But if we yeah. can control how we begin our day, that's really going to influence, you know, all the different aspects of our day. So I just wanted to mention that because I started doing that. That's powerful. I'm, I'm going to give that a try too. That sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. high-fiving yourself in the morning. I mean, you, you do feel a bit silly, but it works. Oh, gosh, let's get uncomfortable. You, <laughs> you don't grow unless you're uncomfortable. Absolutely. <laughs> So, Jenna, I just want to circle back to, I suppose, you've spoken about your experience with the modelling industry and how really that you ended up with an eating disorder. Mm. So I understand that transition of getting better doesn't happen overnight and it's quite a long road to recovery when you have suffered from um, an eating disorder. So what was that like for you? What did you implement in your life? What kind of supports did you put in place in order to get you from that place to really where you are now? Um, I think, I think it took a long time. Um, I, I don't think it was all almost, I think from when my, my mum and my boyfriend at the time, not anymore, ex-boyfriend now, um, they, they sort of called me out on it one time. Like, I think I was, um, I was like wearing a dress and and I was so skinny, but I was just like pulling up myself going, I'm so fat and so fat. And they both were like, okay, what the hell's going on? Um, I think it was pretty, 
I don't want to say easy. It wasn't too challenging to get my diet back to normal, but it has been challenging getting my brain to be healthy. I feel like the, the actual eating disorder was a consequence of just what was going on in my brain. But I think even when the eating habits went back to normal, there was still a real um, sort of obsessiveness in my brain that maybe attached itself to other things, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, in which I, like, I still don't feel like I've fully conquered. Um, I don't know if I ever, like, fully will, but mm. I know I've got a whole lot better and I very much feel much more in control of myself now, you know. So when you say you attach the same behaviour, so that obsessive behaviour to other aspects of your life, what kind of yeah. aspects were they? Definitely around, like, social media, around, like, um, the obsession over um getting likes and stuff when I first joined not so much these days um but definitely in the first few years that I was on social media there was an obsession around like constantly checking have I got more followers have I got more likes um definitely that and also I have a bit of a depressive tendency too um in that like I feel much more stable these days but just because of traumas and stuff like that I've had depressive burst sort of across my life um but as I said like I feel like I'm like in the past year I've stabilized and my career has boomed um and I feel like in a position where I can really help others now love that yeah Yeah. and you know what that's so wonderful and I think not wasting any kind of hurt that we've had in our life will happen when you give back you know I think everything we go through there's a silver lining to everything, no matter how hard it is. And we can take that and we can learn to give back. Um, and yeah, look, I, I think with with eating disorders, it's not, it's, you know, I think for most women, they will always have some kind of potential tendency to fall back into that and there are triggers that people need to be really mindful of and it's about managing that but you know you're aware of that and that's what you can do is be aware of it know what's healthy for you and what's not healthy for you and make sure you're making the right choices in your life in order to serve that right and even with my account there are lots of girls that I know shouldn't be following me because in their journey, I'm going to be triggering. You know, I talk about calories. And I say this to girls, for some girls, I'm not the right person for you right now. And so at different stages of your journey, you need to be mindful of what you're, like you said earlier, surrounded, surrounding yourself with. So whatever, you know, influences that you have around you are going to really help you to get out of that kind of negative mindset. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually like like there's so much emphasis on social media being like negative and stuff like that. Social media is the most powerful tool we've got. We live in the age of social media. It's it's incredible. Let's freaking use it right. Let's like use it to become like the best versions of ourselves because it is possible to use it like that. Absolutely. And I know that's what you're doing. Your TikTok is amazing. How many Thanks. You've grown it to, was it over 200,000? I, I am actually very, very close to hitting 300,000. I reckon I'll hit it this week. Yeah. Unreal, <laughs> unreal. And you've also got... I feel blessed. I feel blessed. I mean, what an influence you're having. That's almost 300,000 people you're making a positive impact on. That's incredible. Yeah. 
it, it feels so good that my messages are actually being heard and and that like I can go to bed at night and just feel like wow I'm actually doing something that's making an impact oh you absolutely are yeah you're incredible but same for you girl same for you we're doing it together absolutely <laughs> I think um I think if you if you go into it just with a heart to serve and you want to give back and make one person's day better, I think it doesn't matter. Even if you've got like 100 followers, if you can put out a positive message or if you can encourage someone, compliment someone, make someone feel good about themselves, then yeah, that's sure. incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And never do it for the followers or for the likes. Like that's that's not even why I do it. Like I just do it because it feeds my soul, man. Like yeah. it just feels amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and karma comes back around, I believe. You know, if you do it with a with a good heart, you're rewarded, right? And um, now your influence is just growing. So if people want to find you, where can we find you on TikTok and where can we find you on Instagram? Oh, just at Jenna with the pink. It's very easy. Find me everywhere. Um, I, I would like to start a YouTube channel, but it's just bloody getting around to it. Oh, you'd be great on YouTube. You would be great on YouTube. Do it. Yeah. I, it's, it's on my to-do list for sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, so nice to chat with you. Oh, it's amazing to chat. Thank you. Hopefully we can get you on uh, again soon. Yes. I would love that. I've got lots of exciting things coming up, so I'd love to keep sharing. Thanks so much, Jenna.